Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Apple's approach to privacy as Kelly was listening to another podcast with Tim Cook, the Apple CEO on it, and he was discussing his thoughts on privacy. So Kelly was inspired and thought it would be a good topic for discussion. I did. I I felt it was quite useful from such a big tech giant to really be talking about their, in my view, a proactive approach to privacy and actually trying to give us as individuals more choice over how our data is used, both from Apple and from a platform perspective, but also through the Apple platform by developers. So I, I was really intrigued by what he had to say, bear in mind that a lot of the tech companies are have been high in the press about under pressure to really justify how they use data, why they use data, what methods are they putting in place to really protect information. So he said something really quite profound and he he was taking a lot of it from Steve Jobs, obviously the, the man behind Apple. And he was like, you know, privacy is a base right. That resonates with us because it's data protection is driven from a human rights perspective. So we all have a basic right to privacy and we should expect any organisation is handling our data to respect that. And I, I thought that was really cool. And then he then he went on to say, and it's a right not that other rights are built off, actually, it's, it's a core fundamental principle. And as a business, that's what we should be driving. Um, and then he was kind of talking about the philosophy that Apple are now taking with that. So for example, in January, there was an uprising in Washington. And what he was talking about is the, how do you as a company curate content and check content to see if it's actually inciting any kind of violence? Thank you. That was, yeah, I was trying to work out the best way of saying and in his, in his stance was they actually booted off one of the big platforms from iTunes because the platform provider absolutely fundamentally went against the terms and conditions of Apple. Therefore, they ousted them because they didn't want to be seen as someone that supported an organisation inciting violence and, and riots and stuff. And so he was very much talking about this philosophy of if you're an app developer, we expect you to follow a certain criteria criteria that if you don't uphold then we as the kind of iTunes Apple store world or should I say Apple store more than iTunes we will revoke your access and I thought that's actually quite a good stance to take because not everyone follows that it's an open free world we've got a free speech but I think there's a balance and I think that's where he was coming from is that we there are some things we have to take a bit of a stance on. It was really interesting because I think he didn't duck behind some of the defences that the other big tech platforms will typically use in that they're just platforms where information is shared by others. Yeah. So they're not taking any level of responsibility. Whereas he very much, he likened it, I believe, to sort of the Apple News app where they are verifying the news is, that the news is true and from a, a reliable source. 
because of the the proliferation of fake news that's out there it's it's important that that's not amplified by companies that people trust and i think it's a really difficult one to strike the balance for these big tech providers because they're constantly being pulled in the free speech versus mm-hmm. that responsibility they've not adopted but that they found themselves in the position in because of the nature of what their organization has become and i think it was really interesting to see his viewpoint that as that company that people trust apple have to take a stance they have to put privacy first they have to make sure that they're not amplifying negative as in seriously negative you know violence and insight to hatred and because those things are also against the law so you know they're taking their responsibility as a company quite seriously i would say and not being afraid to be different from the other big players and one thing that's that struck me a slightly different angle was the uh, the data minimization he spoke about and I think if you think of those big players in the market, Google, Facebook, Amazon, they're all looking to maximise and soak up as much data about each one of us as they possibly can in any way that they can. And usually trying to make it quite difficult for us as individuals to truly understand what they're doing and how they're doing and how we can not be part of that if we don't want to be. Whereas he was very much of the opinion that those organisations and Apple should be challenging themselves to think about what are we collecting? Do we genuinely need it? why are we collecting it are we using it do we still need it and trying to challenge themselves to do as what they need to do with as little data as possible and genuinely given the individual that genuine choice through transparency to own their data and have control of their data and i thought that was a really refreshing approach for a company of that size and clearly very different from the other people in the same marketplace yeah and i what i found also interesting was his concept of moving on from that this nutrition label privacy nutrition label where he was his stance was far too many people see a privacy policy and they'll click through it they won't read it what we need to be providing an individual if they're downloading the app is a very simple way for them to be able to really understand you know what it is that your book is being asked of them about Mm -hmm. their data and i thought that was incredibly refreshing we know from experience when we have written privacy policies they are not small documents and when you look at it on an app they become so much longer to read yet if you can present it in a very simple user-friendly way but conveys what exactly you're agreeing to I think more people will come on board with that so I really like this concept of the I think he's he called it the application uh, transparency application transparency tracker yes thank you (laughs) yeah and I think so I think that podcast was released a couple of weeks ago so I think it's coming more and there's going to be more around that in the, the coming weeks yeah but what you can already see on the app store is when you look at an app to download it they've got three sections that really lay out exactly what that app is doing at a very quick visual glance you can see what data they're going to use to track you what data is actually linked to you so is linked to your own identity and then data that might be collected that isn't linked to you so i've got one up here in front of me at the moment it's a health and fitness app and it's talking about in terms of the data used to track you and what they mean by that is data that's used to track you across apps and websites that are owned by other companies so that would be linking into cookie information so it'd be health and fitness your identifier it has an other data your contact information and your usage data so all of that is being used to track you as you move within that app and around other apps. data then that's linked to your identity is things like your location your own content within that app 
how often you're using it. Again, health and fitness, contact information, identifiers, and then diagnostics. So again, if there's anything wrong with the app or anything like that, then they'll be looking to try and understand how to fix it. And then information that's not directly linked to you, but is collected might be, again, some other diagnostics and, and contact information. So it sets it out really clearly. So you can look at that and go, well, am I happy with that amount of tracking? You know, do I want that information to be linked to me? Can I go and compare this against another fitness app and see, do they collect less? And would I be more comfortable with that? Or you know, but you've got it there in front of you and it takes mm. a couple of seconds to look and understand and go, OK, that's fine or not. And then you've got the choice of whether you want to go and delve deeper into that that privacy policy. Yeah, I liked that approach because I think the step before that, which I liked what he also said, is that they do a lot of reviewing of apps before they even make it on to the app store. And there are lots of apps that simply don't make it because they are they are not meeting the basic requirements of the the app store so then once you've made it onto their to be able to present this type of information bear in mind that our data is sold within milliseconds of us accessing a lot of websites it's quite refreshing to see something that's like oh okay and I then have a genuine choice as to whether or not I want to use that app because I've not been it's not like I've ignored the privacy policy I, I can see it front and center I am genuinely making a choice so I thought it was really nice it sounds quite naive to say that but I really thought it was a, a refreshing take in, on transparency from such a big organization Absolutely. And I think, you know, he was very right when he said it should be something that every organisation is considering. And I think and I wonder whether there will be more of a move towards people, consumers, individuals demanding that companies are more transparent about how data is used and presented and monetized, because I think we've seen it so many times and you hear it so many times when people have got a great idea for an app and then it's like well we'll just monetize the data and that's the consideration isn't then given to individuals whose data is being monetized and what that genuinely means and he was quite firm in the fact that he believes you'll still be able to serve advertising and market businesses without the need for the wow level of detail that they have of each individual that businesses are currently marketing to so it's going to be really interesting over the coming months and years to see whether there's a a shift towards genuine privacy by design so organizations actually thinking about privacy from the start is he made the point if you were designing these big organizations today and of course you would build in privacy and i think it's the technology ran away and develop so quickly with the internet and you know the Googles, Facebooks, how used data has been phenomenal, has revolutionized services that we have access to. But so much of it was done without that full transparency, without all of us really understanding what was happening. And I think it's how do we now really make sure that companies are transparent and that individuals have genuine control but how their own data is used? Because ultimately, our data belongs to us. Yeah, you've made this comment outside of this podcast, but people have a greater awareness today about what their data is possibly being used for and how they could challenge a company. And I'm certainly expecting to see a lot more individuals knocking on organizations' doors and saying, I don't agree with how you're using my information, you know, and exercising their right. I also wonder if because in a lot of states in America, they are now introducing privacy laws for discussion, they're still on the early stages. But I think the more that privacy laws become big in America, I wonder if some of the bigger American companies will start 
taking a, a more transparent approach like Apple. So it's, I think it's a really interesting year ahead for us when it comes to global tech companies taking on the challenge of managing individual rights and how they ethically use people's data. And I think it could be in the realm of cookies, because I, I yeah. saw some very briefly in passing earlier today on Twitter about um, a well-known privacy activist put in another case in against, I think it was Google, for their use of, of cookies. Wow. Um, so I'll have to delve into that a bit more deeply for a future episode. But I think really trying to be transparent, mindful and respectful of people's privacy is potentially going to become a, a key selling point for businesses in the future and, and something that individuals will look for before they choose where to place their business. Yeah, I think that's a, a fantastic way to, to sum up today's podcast is we always talk about reputation and trust and how easily that's lost. So build transparency into the bedrock of your business. I like that. <laughs> nice little new tagline for us. So <laughs> as always, it's fascinating to chew the fat with you, Regina, about data protection uh, subjects that have hit the press. So thank you. That was good. And uh, what I would say is, you know, if anyone is interested to ch or to challenge us on what we've said, you may disagree with our approach to what we think about Apple. So let us know. Email us at thecoffee@dbxuk.com. Or if there's a particular subject you want to talk to us or want us to chat about, let us know. Uh, one little thing that we'd like to just put out there, we're coming up towards our 50th podcast episode and we would be delighted to invite one of our listeners to join us for a podcast recording on that 50th episode as a guest to talk about what you find interesting about data protection and the world of data we have international listeners so you're more than welcome from anywhere around the world so if you'd like to be part of our podcast please drop us an email as kelly said at the coffee at dbxuk.com email address and just let us know whether you would like to join us and if you're able to we'll get back in touch and, and let you know when the recording will be. Mm -hmm.